Hello everyone, I'm delighted to welcome you to the Power and Purpose Through Peace podcast. My name is Bulitiwi Aishimoju. I founded Magni Essence Coaching to help you reconnect with yourself, magnify your essence and reveal your magnificence. You see, to lead meaningful lives we all need purpose. To fulfill our purpose, we need power. And to be truly powerful, we need to tune into a space of peace. My podcasts bring you information and inspiration that help you activate the power, purpose and peace you need to be the change you want to see in the world. Of course, in a happy, healthy and sustainable way. Today we have the amazing Carol Vinci the performance co-pilot with us. Carol had a very successful corporate career in the fast-paced, challenging, high-growth information technology field. In addition to her typical 60-hour work weeks, she managed the demands of a series of personal entrepreneurial ventures. Her ability to understand process enabled her to navigate multiple industries, including brokerage, banking, insurance, and engineering, to name a few. In her corporate roles, she was a contact person who passed the client's business demands for products along to the engineering and programming staff for implementation. Carol's strengths include an out-of-the-box thinker, critical listening, unique solutions, and candid feedback. These skills combined with her trailblazing leadership make her the person you and your team need if you want to accelerate your growth. She has worked in the venture capital arena, building teams and making connections with investors and main street businesses to build teams for stability and growth. Welcome to the Pound Purpose Through Peace podcast, Carol. Well, thank you so much for inviting me, Balatui. My absolute pleasure. And congratulations on your latest book, The Law of Brand Attraction 2, which is now a number one bestseller. I know. I'm thrilled. I've done some personal publications, but never had the resources to be able to achieve that uh, distinction. That's so beautiful. I am so, so happy for you. And, you know, in this book, you actually share a quote, your passion generates the energy, excitement, courage, and commitment to create your dreams. And I thought, whoa, that's something I would love you to unpack. But what I really want to know is, how has this quote been a fuel in your life? Well, I actually created that quote when I was in a workshop at an organization called the Actors Institute in New York City. When I left my corporate job, I needed some thought time to figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up. And uh, I, I was encouraged by an, a colleague who was a CFO to uh, register. I think he wanted some company. So uh, at the end of the workshop, we had to write a manifesto for ourselves. And that was the opening statement. Because I truly believe, uh, first of all, it does take courage. Uh, but if you're passionate about something, you are not distracted or dissuaded by the obstacles that you face. So that's a statement that I've had. I created that in 1993, and I've lived by that 
ever throughout the intervening years. I just love what you just said. It's so true that we are certain that we're going to have challenges. We're going to have people who say, oh, that's not possible. We're going to have technical things that we have to just figure out and deal with. And when we have passion and we have that internal drive, then no matter what, we will keep going, which is why people succeed and others don't. That's actually, uh, you know, the distinction between success and failure. We all have challenges. And yet being able to turn those challenges into progress and success is, is really the difference. Absolutely. Um, we can look at that from another angle, Carol. I mean, as you know, I work with women high achievers. And if anyone is a high achiever, you certainly are. And what I want to know is, did you always know that you were one? Well, I struggle with both dyslexia and ADD, attention deficit disorder. And when I went to school, very little was known about dyslexia. And so I struggled with reading. And reading has never been my favorite activity. Thank goodness for books on CDs which I use extensively in the car because I drive a lot and I probably do 50 books a year. But despite my, all of my difficulties, I did know that, that I wasn't stupid. I mean, there was something inside me that said I could do things. Can't quite tell you why or where that came from, but I do, did know that I could accomplish things. So you knew that you could accomplish things, but did you actually know at that time your value? Did you know your gifts? Did you know how amazing you were? I did not. Um, I grew up with a brilliant brother and a natural athlete as a sister. So I was sort of the trailing edge in the family. And it was, it was difficult. And how did you overcome that you know i i think it it got down to purpose and determination mm. you know it it was it's it's hard as i look back at it i mean i i recently through some workshops uh, was able to make this statement i branded myself as stupid in first grade because i struggled with phonics and yet my accomplishments in my corporate career are outstanding. I mean, I was the first female sales rep in my office. I was the first female sales manager in the office that I uh, worked at. I was the highest ranking woman on the Poughkeepsie plant site and when there were 15,000 employees. So, you know, that's clearly evidence, but I struggled with trying to prove that underlying assessment that I made of myself. And when I, you know, when I was able to make that simple statement, I was able then to accept the successes that I had accomplished throughout my career and in my personal life. That was so beautiful. And in your chapter, you share if you are not living each day intentionally using your gifts and talents to grow your business, 
this needs to change urgently. I couldn't agree more. And I'll let the listeners find out more about this in the book because that's something everyone needs. What I'd like us to explore now is another theme that you mentioned, grit. And you embody grit. I mean, you have had challenges. <laughs> You, 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 you would not let go, you know, it, it's success or nothing, right? And let's explore that because what I'm understanding now is that in addition to, I mean, dyslexia, for instance, to being a woman at that time in business, to um, other challenges that you faced, there was also the internal talk of, I may not be good enough, right? Which is crippling in many ways. So how in the world have you accomplished all of this? Well, when I, when I joined the organization that I worked for for 25 years, the typical role for women was secretaries, administration, and programmers. And because of my dyslexia, programming was out of the question, as was being a secretary, because I can't do phonics. So figuring out people's names or reversing phone numbers would, would have gotten me fired instantly. But the skill that I do have, and they didn't teach organizational development when I went to college, but the skill that I have is project design. I am, and I think it's because of the way I learned in school. That, that I actually question very intensely and sometimes to the dissatisfaction of a presenter who isn't done a thorough job on, in their pitch. But being able to question and remember details, I was excellent at doing what's called phase zero project designs in the industry, which then gets turned over to people who can turn it into real stuff. But it, apparently, that intimidates a lot of people. And for me, it just came easily. So I was able to position myself in places where those skills were needed at the time. Now, that is so interesting to me. So in fact, if you had been good at phonics and good at spelling and all of that, you may have been a secretary Right. And that's what my, you know, my father said, well, you know, oh, programmer. you know, you know, go to a secretarial commercial high school because apparently that that was the, the furthest view of, he could imagine of my my work career. And um, and that's clearly that would have been an absolute disaster. So actually, the fact that you had a challenge closed certain doors for you but opened others you had to find others i did what i'm hearing yes and i and i had to be very careful in who i would work for because i also use the expression rank has no privilege that you have to earn my respect <laughs> and and so i i had to be and at first it was instinct that you know if i would interview for a job i could tell if it was going to be a good fit for me in my work style. And then it became very intentional that I absolutely self-selected the people I would work for because they would put up with my aggressive questioning, always searching for more. 
mindset that I came to the table with. And if, if I mean, I was a great employee. If, if you accepted that, if you were somebody who wanted to keep uh, somebody under your thumb, then that was not going to work for either side. <laughs> I can't imagine anyone trying to control you, Carol. <laughs> Good luck to them. <laughs> Good luck to them. So, Carol, you, in spite of the fact that you're really good at, you know, phase zero design, as you just mentioned, and you have this natural gifts, which were innate, so innate, you probably were not even conscious of them. You obviously have faced challenges in the workplace, you know, as a woman in corporate America, I can't imagine. How did your grit help you through? I mean, without that grit, would you be here today? Would you have succeeded no matter how talented you, you you were um, no I would not and and it was just the persistence the fact that I would not tolerate certain behavior and I mean I did you know obviously you come across people who who decide that you uh, shouldn't be in the role and uh, since this is you know there was a guy who was brought into the office after I had switched into sales who decided that that women were were not appropriate for the sales role. And he was definitely determined to uh, make sure that I did not succeed. And, you know, circumstances intervene and, and sometimes for the good. And I hadn't thought about this for a long time, but they had moved, for, he and his wife and children had moved from Chicago to take this job. And, and one day he went home and his wife left a note on the table saying that she and the kids were back in Chicago and he could either get a divorce attorney or come back to Chicago and find another job, which was really what <laughs> saved my job. I'd never met the woman, but, but we thank her. I, I should have sent flowers. <laughs> and chocolate <laughs> and I had not thought about that situation for decades but yes so sometimes good mm. things happen I mean you know you you do the best you can and you know and mm. and and yeah and sometimes you need the hand of somebody tapping on someone else's shoulder <laughs> absolutely Carol absolutely and, and I think it's a message many people need to hear today because we live in a society of instant everything is instant right and forget that success is made from hanging on even when you know it's dark and it's lonely and it's desolate yes. you, it's it's pushing through when it makes sense of course sometimes it, in my opinion it makes sense to just assess let go and you know pivot completely but sometimes it's just about okay who how when and all, all the rest of the other questions that make sense so you shared in the law of um, brand attraction too um, that millions of people are born without any financial resources, yet become millionaires, multi-millionaires, and billionaires in their lifetimes. You also share the two things that they leverage. Now, I will let the listener discover these two things when they get to the book. What I would like to this actually explore at the moment is something that you attribute to Oprah Winfrey. And apparently she said, I don't think of myself as a poor, deprived ghetto girl who made good. I think of myself as somebody who from an early age knew I was responsible for myself and I had to make good. 
Does that resonate with you, Carol? Well, absolutely. And my first entrepreneurial venture was as a junior in high school, um, where I started teaching piano lessons. I had taken over a practice where I was in the high school orchestra and a number, another member of the orchestra was graduating and going off to follow her career path. And she, she said, would you be interested in taking over my piano teaching practice? And I jumped at it because I knew I was not going to take direction from my father. And because of that, I was going to also have to pay my own college tuition. So I taught piano lessons for six years from junior year in high school through graduating college. And at one point in my sophomore year of college, I had 22 credits and 13 piano students. But I was able to pay my college tuition because, you know, you talk about grit and purpose. I knew that I, you know, I needed to make my own decisions and I wasn't going to have to ask permission to determine my field of study and my career future. So I can resonate with her and, you know, and, you know, you can be uh, in a unsupportive environment, even if you're not in a ghetto or one on the wrong side of the track, which a couple of the people I reference in the, in the article, but when you believe, and this is where the passion comes in, when you believe in yourself and you know that there is something that you are meant to do, you will do whatever it takes. Absolutely, Carol. I mean, we could unpack that for a few other hours. So I'm going to have to invite you back to the podcast for that. And I just love the way you decided that your freedom and independence was far more important than the comfort of just receiving the money from somebody if you didn't agree with them. And um, I simply like to say that Wayne Dyer once said, change the way you look at things and the things you look at change. And the way you decided to look at that challenge you were facing definitely shifted everything for you. Um, wow, that's very inspirational. I've read your chapter, as you can imagine, and there were just so many inspirational bits in it. And everyone needs to go to www.thelawofbrandattraction.com and get a copy of The Law of Brand Attraction 2. Um, you're going to find Carol's chapter and her contact details for more information on finding your gift, finding that gift that makes you absolutely unique and leveraging it as Carol has done and has helped many, many, many of her clients do. Thank you so much, Carol, for coming today. It's been a pleasure and an honor. Thank you, Bella Tui. I really appreciated this opportunity. for listening and investing in your power and purpose through peace i'd love you to subscribe and share this podcast with others if you found it interesting i invite you to share your comments with me till the next podcast i wish you many magnificent experiences